Hello and welcome to Horatio and the Story of the Manor, a podcast by Andrew Davis. Episode 16, Back to the Manor. When Scrag eventually awoke, it was night, and a beautiful summer's full moon shone gently down on them. It was probably a flower moon or a strawberry moon in May or June, but it was hard to tell as all they had to go by were the warmth and smell of the air and the appearance of the leaves on the trees. Scrag didn't get up very quickly as she still felt exhausted from all the effort of spending who knew how long in the tunnel and then dragging Winefree out with her. At the thought of Winefree, Scrag was suddenly wide awake. What had happened to Winefree? He had seemed all but lifeless as she dragged him out. Sitting bolt upright, Scrag started to frantically search around for Winefree. Thankfully, she didn't have to look far, as the bottle was only a little way from her and lying on its side, probably having rolled there after falling out of the tunnel. Gently, Scrag rolled the bottle onto its back to get a closer look. Annoyingly, the bottle didn't breathe in the same way animals did, so she couldn't check for a pulse or for his chest rising and falling. So she looked as closely as she could in the full moonlight at the label to see what his face was doing. A wave of grateful thanks washed over Scrag as she saw the peaceful expression that filled the features drawn on the label. Gone were the hopelessness and the lines of deep anxiety. Instead, they had been replaced by a look of peace and strength and a very distinct animation of the wine bottle's drawn features that told her he was snoring. Winefree was going to be okay. It might take a while before he woke up, but he had survived, so Scrag relaxed a little. Then her tummy growled, and she realised how hungry she was. The vermin in the tunnel had been small and few and far between. Feeling confident that Winefree would be safe to leave for a little while, she headed out to hunt for her tea, or breakfast, whichever meal it might be, it was needed. When Scrag returned, having found a much larger and tastier vermin to feast upon, Winefree had still not moved, but as she looked at him, he seemed more robust and healthier as the first rays of morning light flickered through the branches onto his labelled face. Scrag had been anxious about Winefree, not least because she'd never seen him eat. In fact, she had no idea if he ate at all. What had made it worse was that while they had been in the tunnel, Scrag got the distinct impression that Winefree had been starving. But he didn't look as if he was starving now. In fact, as the light played on his features, there was a faint impression of a smile. Then, as the light started to grow in strength, Scrag suddenly found herself on high alert. Something was wrong or different about this place. From the corner of her eye, she caught sight of things moving that shouldn't have. Then, a moment later, Scrag leapt into the air and backwards in the way only cats can when startled by something unexpected. But there wasn't anything there. Again, something caught Scrag's eye, and she jumped as high, if not higher, than before. What was going on? Then she saw it, a shadow moving away from her, but it didn't seem to be attached to anything. A moment later it disappeared into the mix of shadows of trees and bushes. Again, for a third time, Scrag jumped as if her life depended on it, but this time, as she looked at what had caught her eye, she couldn't believe what she saw. It was a shadow of a dog, but without the dog. Deliberately coming up to her and acting as if she could understand it, it seemed to be looking at her while sitting down and wagging its tail. Now, one thing cats are known for is their curiosity. While Scrag was still on high alert, 
She was also very curious about this strange shadow. So moving very slowly, she started to creep towards it. At first, it just seemed to stay where it was, wagging its tail. Then, in a flash, the shadow zipped across to Scrag and sat right under her. In a panic, Scrag tried to scratch it away and pulled back from it, rolling over several times. Instead, it merely followed, unaffected by the scratching and turning. It took a while, but eventually Scrag calmed down enough to examine the shadow properly. As she did, she felt the strangest sensation. This shadow of a dog, and judging by its size and shape it looked very much like the shadow of flannel, was the only shadow she had. Her own shadow had gone. She tried moving her legs and tail, and to a certain extent flannel's shadow followed, but not completely. It would seem that whatever had happened with that explosion of light before the tunnel closed had done something to her, and presumably flannel shadows. Then Scrag saw another blob of darkness moving through the clearing. Instantly on high alert again, she allowed her eyes to follow this second independent shadow. She stole a quick glance at her own companion's shadow when she realised that this new one was also a dog. However, her new shadow was still with her. So this shadow was presumably Spanner's shadow, as he had been there as well. Carefully walking over to the still-sleeping Winefree, she looked for his shadow in the growing light. He didn't have one. Then her new shadow left her and walked over to the shadow Spanner, and the two of them started to play fight. This was an extraordinary place indeed, and all this shadow hopping made her feel quite queasy. Eventually, at about midday, Winefree's eyes opened, and seeming to take a deep breath, although of course this was his features and not reality, the bottle stretched and sat up. Turning to the now dozing Scrag, he appeared to yawn before saying, Morning! You know, I had the most unusual dream. It seemed that Winefree had no recollection of anything that had happened since the moment the tunnel had been closed by the Lady of Light. To him, it was little more than a quickly fading nightmare, while Scrag could remember everything. And because of this, she was in a particularly bad mood, made even worse by Winefree's ignorance and platitudes. Winefree eventually abandoned trying to cheer Scrag up and decided to go and explore their surroundings. After a while, he returned and asked, Is it me, or are we in the same place we were before we went into the tunnel? And, he added, appearing to be completely unfazed by it, why have we lost our shadows? And where did these replacement shadows come from? They don't seem to be attached very well. Scrag hadn't noticed that they were back in the same place, as the whole area was far less overgrown and there were fewer trees. Yet as she looked, at first unwilling to believe it could be so, she started to see it. The cliff wall was still there too, just friendlier than it had seen before. So reluctantly she had to agree with Winefree that this was the same place. However, it felt very different. No sooner had she agreed than Winefree started to walk away while watching his new shadow, which was giving its ear a good scratch. Where are you going? Scrag shouted rather impatiently. Aren't you coming? Winefree asked, which to be honest didn't help lift Scrag's mood. Coming where? She snapped back at him. Her shadow was already following. The bottle turned back to the cat with a slightly confused look on his label face while his shadow kept walking. Well, he started, if this is where we went into the tunnel, then it stands to reason that this, as he said this, he pointed to the path Spanner's shadow was trotting along, is the way to the manor. The manor! Scrag had forgotten entirely about the manor and the whole purpose of their adventure. 
the Lady of Light had sent them to find a key that somehow would help to end the enchantment of Manor Rot, Grot and Snot. She could have kicked herself for being so slow, especially after the wine bottle had been out of it for so long. But there was no time for even more grumpiness as the wine bottle strode away on its long legs after Spanner's shadow. Scrag and Flannel's shadow found themselves scurrying to catch up. It was late afternoon as they made their way to the manor. As the sun shone on the bottle, he seemed to get stronger and stronger until Scrag realised what it was. She fed on vermin and scraps, but the wine bottle must somehow feed on light. That would explain why he had struggled to survive in the tunnel, which for him was total darkness. It would also explain why his strength had started to return in the moonlight and continued to grow as they marched in the sunlight. The wine bottle needed light as she needed food. The vistas and sights on the trip to the manor were dramatically different from the views they had left. There was no denying that this was the same place, but at a different time. They got the final confirmation when they crested a ridge, finally seeing the manor. Once it appeared, they stopped to take in the view. As they did, the shadow dogs sniffed around other shadow items in the way ordinary dogs sniffed around trees and rocks. As they looked at the manor, they realised they'd travelled much further into the past than they'd first thought, because the ground was so much more open and free from gnarly forests. There was no denying it was the manor, but this manor was so different from the one they'd left. It was beautiful. It rested in its surroundings like a precious jewel in an elegant crown. The sun seemed to play with the windows and the stonework, as well as glistening off water sparkling from a fountain they'd never seen before. It was enough to take your breath away. It took a moment or two to realise, but there were people outside the manor, a family, young children, dogs and cats, playing or resting in the shade of graceful trees. But as they started their journey once again, following the shadows who had got impatient and headed off, the strangest thing happened as they walked towards the large country house. As they moved forward, the scene in front of them changed. Little children became older children. Then they were adults with new children and different animals playing in the grounds. The vista around them seemed to grow and change. Trees sprouted up, animals appeared in fields, and then they were bare again. In the distance, other fields were ploughed. Crops grew and were harvested before the briefest arrival of what looked like snow and then back to ploughing. It was as if, by walking further along the path, they saw the history of the manor fast forward before their eyes. When they realised what was happening, they stopped in their tracks, and as they did, the whole scene around them also stopped. Birds were frozen in mid-air. Rabbits rushing away stood like statues, some on only one foot, caught mid-bounce. When they moved forward again, everything around them raced ever faster in time, and when they tried walking backwards, so too time seemed to reverse. Winefree found the whole thing fascinating and wanted to race forward along the path to see if they could get to the time they'd left, but Scrag held back, unsure of why they were having the dubious privilege of witnessing the rise, and no doubt fall, of the Briggsworth family. And all the change around her was giving her motion sickness. As Scrag lagged behind, Winefree glanced back and paused. His instinct was to rush ahead. After all, isn't that what knights are supposed to do? To rush into danger, regardless of whatever it might be? Yet something else, something more was at play here. He knew the Lady of Light had given the cat an extraordinary gift, 
and although he couldn't remember the events himself, he knew that the gift Scrag had was what had saved him from that tunnel. So going against his natural instincts, the wine bottle wandered back to stay with Scrag, who had an uncomfortable look on her face and was turning a little green. The shadows of Spanner and Flannel took a moment to realise that the others had stopped. When they did, they drifted back, eventually sitting by Scrag and looking up at her with their heads tilted to one side as if trying to work out what was wrong. The uncomfortable expression had appeared on Scrag's face at the point when the country house that had started off looking so beautiful had begun to transform more into the manner they knew. As they were walking towards the house and time had raced around them, Scrag had felt a cold chill. "'Are you all right?' Winefrey asked. "'You look like something's wrong. In fact, I thought I saw you shiver slightly just then.' Scrag had indeed shivered, and as she was about to answer, she took a few more steps towards the wine bottle. Then, from the corner of her eye, she saw a flash of light and stopped. Winefrey realised that something important was happening, so moving back, he watched time rewinding while the cat tried to find the origin of the flash. "'What did you see?' he asked the cat. "'I'm not sure,' she confessed. "'To, to be honest, I'm getting motion-sick at all this history racing past me. "'But I thought I saw a flash of light and—' "'She let the sentence drop, knowing Winefrey would understand. "'Try moving backwards and forwards,' Winefrey offered after they'd stood still for a few moments. "'Maybe you'll only see it at a specific time, "'and you need to find that exact time by going back along the path a little.' This was a brilliant idea, but rather than thank Winefrey, Scrag thought about how nauseous it would make her feel and turned a little greener. But there wasn't anything else for it. She was going to have to try, so she started to move slowly backwards, little by little, along the path. Retracing her steps, she saw it again. It was a distinct flash that seemed to be coming from an upstairs window. As she moved her head forwards and backwards slightly, she realised that the flash was just for a moment and coming from the large round window at the top of the house. If she moved only slightly one way or another, she couldn't see it any more. "'I'm not sure what to think,' Scrag said in a slightly raised voice to Winefrey, who, along with the two shadows, was giving her a quizzical look. "'I can see a flash for the briefest moment, coming from a round window at the top of the house, but I don't know what to make of it.' Winefrey never ceased to amaze Scrag, as the matter-of-fact questions he then asked made the whole thing crystal clear. "'What's the sun doing?' he asked. "'Is it shining at the window? Could it be the sun, or is it something else? If it's the sun, then maybe it's one of those things. But remember, the Lady of Light said you would see light that no one else could. Maybe this is one of those times you see light, and we need to pay attention.' Scrag looked at the wine bottle, open-mouthed, then shaking her head slightly, and immediately regretting it because of the way it made her feel, she looked back at the moment when she could see the flash of light. Then, very carefully, without moving her head and only moving her eyes, Scrag looked around as the glint stayed visible. Looking up at the sky, she realised that the sun was behind the house. This couldn't be a reflection. This must be why the Lady of Light had led them to this point. But what to do now? It was Winefrey who came to the rescue once again. Looking at the cat, he said, Scrag, we need to be bold. The lady made us her knights, and knights are courageous. So we must go towards this light. I can't see it, only you can. I propose that you turn towards the flash of light and fix your eyes on it. Then I will hold your tail, 
and you must step off this path to stop time moving and lead me towards the light. As for the shadows, I don't think we need to worry about them. Somehow I don't think we'll get rid of them that easily. At this he gave a little laugh before carrying on. Then, when we find ourselves where we're supposed to be, where the Lady of Light is leading us, I will do everything I can to protect you. But we cannot stay here now we know. Having the truth revealed to us is our invitation to follow. So trust the Lady of Light that what she told us is true. Winefrey could be so insufferably righteous sometimes. He not only acted like some kind of virtuous knight, he thought like one as well. Scrag knew he was right, of course. She just didn't want to do it because she didn't know what to expect or what dangers they might face. That took courage, courage that at this precise moment she didn't feel she had. However, while he'd spoken, Winefrey had taken a firm grip of her tail and was now waiting expectantly. So, with a slightly grumpy shake of her head, which she instantly regretted again, Scrag refocused on the glint of light. Then, turning towards it, she walked off the path directly towards the glow as Winefrey held fast to her tail. No sooner had they moved off the edge of the pathway towards the glint of light than the whole world seemed to swish and swirl around them. There was a gentle popping sound as they were pulled into the mayhem. Scrag saw it all, the twisting and turning of time and space, light and darkness. Colour, sky and manner compressed, expanded and then finally exploded, followed by a much louder popping sound. Then Scrag and Winefree, still holding on to Scrag's tail, found themselves standing in the attic of the manor with two people they didn't recognise. Scrag threw up. Thankfully it was silent and didn't attract the attention of the strangers. As Winefree quietly consoled Scrag, he noticed two dark shapes exploring the attic. He'd been right about the shadow dogs. They would be tough to misplace. Thanks for listening to Horatio and the Story of the Manor, a Tale to Tell media production. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to leave a review. You can do this on the app you're listening through or head over to iTunes and leave it there. A five-star review helps other people find the show. For social media links, support the show, or to get in touch, visit the website, horatio.one. Until next time, I'm Andrew Davis. Horatio.one